Good afternoon, everybody. This is Made in EDH, and I am Chris. And I'm Kayla. And today's episode is episode 11, uh, Friction Burn Part 1. Actually, it's the equation of friction when you look at the image. Uh, for those of you who actually look at our images when we upload these, that's going to be the fun little image there, because I love... Fic I love physics and uh friction burns and everything about red just made me think about friction like the color red and magic is just basically friction every aspect that you equate for friction is totally how a red deck wins deck is principled with <laughs> like in theory like, if you were to translate like all the red things that red does think about it as like you know how you think about friction it's it's pretty much true it's it's awesome and today we're talking about five Red Legends each. We're doing these two-parters. This is part one, and part two will be next week. Um, again, we were a little delayed. We had some weirdness happen. Schedules were a little conflicted. Um, we're trying to figure out a new day to do recordings, because the one day we were doing it um, suddenly not started becoming a problem to do it with, because scheduling conflicts... So uh, I'm sorry if we've been a little off. We normally did do weeklies. It's been bi-weekly recently. We apologize for that. We will go back to that um, weekly thing hopefully soon once we can find a consistent day to do these. Yep, yep. <sighs> That's huh? just life. That's just life, though. <laughs> yeah, true. True, true. Uh, and uh, Kayla, would you like to start us off today with what you said you have some weirdness today? And I'm a little curious. What's <laughs> a little weird with a little bit of chaos in red? I feel like I want to know what your your picks are for today. Well, geez, now I feel like I got to start off with something really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, I'll just start with what I wanted to. <laughs> So, first up, I had Kazul, Tyrant of the Cliffs. And he is a three colorless, two red, five four ogre warrior. Um, his ability is whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, create a three three red ogre creature token, unless that creature's controller pays three. Is it Ogre? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so this is kind of like... This is kind of like a weird... This is one of those weirder red cards. You know, it's it's one of those like weird things. It's like almost like color pie-breaking. It's like a propaganda, but instead of like... They can't attack you, you just create tokens. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and there's actually quite a few like Ogre... Uh, interaction cards in Magic. Um, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of those are like from, like, what, Kamigawa? Yeah, they are. I think a lot of them might be black, though, if I remember correctly. But there's um, no, quite there a is a red, red one. Um, the There's an Oni um, one that's uh, eh, it's a, uh, it's uh, Ogre Spirit, I think. Um... No, 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 that's that's something else. Um, 
Do do do. Uh, Wasn't there a lot, a lot of, of like over time? Like they they've just was, done a bunch. There was like demon interaction with ogres back in Kamigawa, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But regardless, that was my first kind of, like you said, color breaking card. Yeah, it's a bit like weird. I guess the thing I'm thinking about might actually just be a demon, so so I'm not mm-hmm. seeing it. There was like a red. I think it's like a red demon spirit. I think that like returns a red creature to your hand. I thought it was an ogre, but I was incorrect. But, like, you could do some, like, crazy ogre tribal. Like, there's a bunch of ogres. It's probably pretty tricky to build it, but you could do it. Yeah. Um, It, it would be a bit hard, because ogres aren't the cheapest things to play. <laughs> it's like giant tribal. Giants aren't really cheap, so those are kind of off. That's, like, a hard archetype to play, too. Uh, but I think that one's kind of interesting. You'd run it with, like, um, I don't know, like, something like benefits from a bunch of creatures, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I think you also make, you make sure that people are always attacking, so you're running, like, like, um, those kind of cards that make everybody attack every turn. Uh, like, Treasure Trove, I think it is. Lots of goad. Um, uh, Trova tr- uh, Temptation is what I'm thinking of as a staple for this deck. Which is um, three colors, one red. Each opponent must attack you or a planeswalker you control with at least one creature each combat if able. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at the beginning of your end step, you create a colorless treasure token. Sorry. Cats. <laughs> um, you create a colorless treasure token um, at the beginning of each end step, which is kind of cool because it's like, okay, so you spend four mana and you get one mana basically at each end step. So even if you play like you play a land the next turn, you can play your commander. Which I think, uh, I think this just goes into that deck, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, there's a lot of actually in red, especially um, forcing your opponent to attack each turn, or at least a creature. And obviously, there's goad. Um, there's a Goblin card, I forgot about. Goblin Diplomats. Hmm. Uh, You tap it, each creature attacks this turn if able. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one to get going. Like, this is a deck that you just make your opponents attack at all times. So, like, they have to use their Mandalorks before combat step, otherwise they risk having to send it into attacks. Yeah. Because I know most people like hold their plays till second main phase, and that kind of makes it so they have to do their first main phase. Or they just remove the couple of things that are making them attack. 
But I think it'd be kind of a fun deck. That's definitely yeah. one of the like weirder effects in red. That's like it's not really a red thing to be doing, benefiting from people attacking you. I don't think it's a very common thing in red. That's like very odd. I think. I think it's pretty good, especially early game. Late game, it gets to be kind of well. I'm just gonna pay three. Yeah, for sure. So, is that all your thoughts for it? Um, I was looking up another card, but yeah, I think that's it for that one. What were you looking up? Seeing if there was any whenever a creature attacks you. Hmm. I'm not seeing anything right off the bat. So what did you have for your number one? Or I guess oh, number um, ten. <laughs> true, true. Um, I have a few options here that I've been considering doing. i just trying to figure out which one I want to pick. Um... I think I'm going to go with the one um, that uh, I think is interesting if you get the most holiest of turn ones, which isn't hard to do for this deck. <laughs> and what I'm talking about is Hazaret the Fervent. Uh, she's a th uh, three cost. Uh, she's a four mana value. Three colors, one red. Legendary Creature God. Uh, indestructible Haste, 5-4. Um, Hazret the Fervent can't attack or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. Uh, pay two colorless, one red, discard a card. Hazret deals two damage to each opponent. I actually had her as well. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. So... Back in the day before I uh, I made a mistake and traded a bunch of cards and didn't think about reserveless things, um, I didn't think about an artifact until this card came out. And I think that's... Uh, I would have really loved to have kept that artifact just for this legend, and I would have been playing that legendary deck. What was um, it? So I used to have a Lion's Eye uh, Diamond. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, mistakes were made. Let's just say that. <laughs> we didn't think about it being a reserve list card, and we just pitched it, and I was like, crap, I had one, and I totally got rid of it. You traded it for a pack of bubblegum? No. I don't want to talk about it. It was bad. <laughs> it wasn't like as bad a... as trying senses in the ceilings, but it was as bad. Yeah, that's bad. what I was gonna say. Um... So at the time, I was clearing out a bunch of artifacts, and I we came across it, and we were like, "This card's kind of crappy," and we we're like, "It doesn't." We looked up its value; it was like fifty cents, and oof. 
like I tr- I bulk traded it and now it's like three hundred dollars and I'm just like biting my nails. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, this is why I don't get rid of old cards. <laughs> yeah. Never again. Never again. That was the last and final straw of getting rid of old cards. <laughs> But anyway, so the reason I'm bringing up Lion's Eye Diamond, you know it's a zero-drop artifact, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, let's talk about a to- uh, turn one, right? So, so with Lion's Eye Diamond, oh my gosh, Lion's Eye Diamond's like $500. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's half a grand. Um, so, it's a zero-drop artifact rare uh that discards your hand sacrifice lion's eye diamond add three mana of any one color to your mana pool so it's basically like um black lotus but you have to lose your hand right Mm -hmm. so turn one you play mountain you play mountain you play lion's eye diamond you tap sack it tap your mountain play your commander and now you can attack because she has haste. Turn one, five damage. Like, that's such a big early turn. <laughs> I yeah. don't think many opponents can actually deal with that very quickly. Like, turn that's one, like five uh, command damage. <laughs> five command damage, turn one. And she's got indestructible. Yeah, so like, you have to uh, sort supply shares or like. Path it, path to exile. Like you have to have a white player to deal with this, or like a blue bounce, and you have to bounce it turn one. Because if you don't, somebody's eating ten damage by her second turn. Because it doesn't matter what she draws on turn two, because she still has one or fewer hands, which means she can still attack. Yeah, but the only risk doing it this way is you do lose your entire opening hand, which means. If you start getting like just spells in your hand that aren't one drops, uh, you're you're kind of getting turned off <laughs> because you took a risk early early turn just to just beat everybody out. I mean, that's almost worth it. Yeah, but like if someone removes this turn two, like it goes to around turn two cycles. There's so many like two drop removals that could deal with this. So you get like ten damage in early. It's like it's it's nice, but like nobody's going to forgive you for that. Mm-hmm. But they also know you're set so far back that it doesn't matter that they have to actually just watch everybody else and ignore you for the rest of the game because now Hazard costs six mana and you have one land in play. So maybe that's like not the play you do, but it's something you can do. I don't think there's like a possible. I don't think there's a possibility that you can just like turn one win with her with that kind of strategy i'm not sure i don't play cedh i'm sure there's something that lets you win turn two with her but yeah there's gotta be again we're not we're we're cat we're casuals i I don't want to break that open it already seems pretty bad that you're swinging in five damage turn one potentially with only requiring two cards in hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's pretty that's pretty fast And I think, like, you're doing a bunch of, like, kind of, like, discard effects just so you can just go fast. 
So you need to dump out your hand. So this is kind of like a madness deck, I would say. Mono red madness. Yeah. And the great thing about most red spells is they're fairly cheap, so you got that going for you. Yeah. And I mean, even like losing Lion's Eye Diamond, like all it would take for you to do is get like some like artifact tinkerer stuff like Goblin Engineer and just start recurring Lion's Eye Diamond and then just never have to worry about like losing value too much if you have like you know, uh, Trova Temptation, that one enchantment we were just talking about that creates mm -hmm. treasures with, like, a Goblin Engineer. You can just throw, like, your treasure away and then grab Lion's Eye Diamond. And just keep, like, net gaining pretty hard. And if you're doing Madness, that means you're discarding cards, which means they could have madness effects when you discard them, which means you're actually not even losing value by playing it this way. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, whew, that's a <laughs> that's a big play. That's that's some, like, pretty powerful play. If you see Hazara and a Command Zone, you can assume there's some really fast plays going. Mm -hmm. You can assume they have big discard plays. So, uh, anything else you want to add to Hazaret? Like, any notable cards that are important that I missed that you would auto-include besides, like, Lion's Eye Diamond, even though it's, like, $600? Jesus. Like, oh, casual no. players, um, yeah, obviously you're not going to go dump $600 in, on a single card there, but, you know. It's just um, for anybody who's like curious about it. Like if your if your playgroup's pretty cool with proxies, um it was this would be kind of a fun proxy card to play because reserve list kind of sucks that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're an idiot and traded away something you didn't realize was reserve list and you hate your life. I guess so. like with her, I'd maybe include uh a few of the phoenixes that return from your graveyard. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah. It's pretty on theme because you're already playing from like your graveyard stuff kind of with madness, sort of, but it's not really graveyard play, but yeah, it's pretty like... much a burn. It's a Bernie deck. You're hitting fast, you're going fast, and you're trying to get Hazarat it out fast. Like, I don't even think you want her turn four. You want her in turn faster than four. Like, if you're playing yeah. her turn four, I think your deck's going too slow if you're trying to build this. Realistically, I think that's, like, the point you want to get her out because that's when she's a threat and and then if she potentially gets removed, that means one less removal for her and then the table's dealing with the other things going on and then you're probably going to cast her again by the time it comes back to that point. So. It, it's it's definitely an interesting deck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it could go very fast, very quickly. Kind of scary. Yeah, just keep an eye on it. Um, so we shared that one, huh? So do I dare try to go again? Uh, yeah. 
Try again. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to see if I can pick something that I don't think you have, which is tricky. So we're both a little bit of a chaos player, so it's just like kind of hard to m- do that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to predict. Oh, oh, here's here's a here's a super casual commander. I doubt you have is Hamura, human ascendant. I don't have that one. That's four colorless, red, red, four four human monk legendary creature. Hamura, human ascendant can't block. When Homura is put into a graveyard from play, return it to the return it to play flipped. Um, it's also got the errata that uh, no, it doesn't have the errata. Um, and when it flips, it um, turns into Homura's Essence, a legendary enchantment. Creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have flying and fire breathing, which is pay one red. This creature gets plus one, plus zero oh, until end of turn. Mm. So I think this card's really fun because, like, even if you have an arm, like I, I would build a token build around this where you just have tons of little dumb creatures, and then what you want to do is try to play Hamra and then kill him, and then all your little creatures are now just like these three threes on base. Like one ones are all three threes with fire breathing. You know something too, there's a lot of red creatures that come in cheap and then you sacrifice it at the end of turn, like fall lightning. Yeah. But that's pay Ooh. three for a six one. That's pretty And it uh, has trample haste, right? Yeah, and flying with that enchantment. <laughs> well actually it would be like an 8-3 with flying and trample with fire breathing. For 3, that's pretty insane. Yeah, that's that's a big ol' hit. Like, you pl- you could play like those those elementals that don't last until on a turn, or you can just play a bunch of, like, huge token deran- uh, creators like Cranko, too. Mm-hmm. Cranko, uh, Mob Boss, where you tap add X-1-1 green, uh, <laughs> red, not green. Ah, tongue-tied. Goblins. I was thinking goblins, <laughs> and then I made the color green, because goblins can are green. That's where my brain went. I'm sorry. <laughs> you make I mean, it makes X, sense. 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens equal to the number of goblins you control. So, you just, you just start dumping out goblins, and Krinko usually eats, like, removal, so playing Krinko, and if you get, like, one activation, that's really good. But even if it eats removal, that's probably okay too, because Hamra is like a six drop that's kind of like a light game kind of win condition a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, you know what's a great combo piece with this? Since you're already doing a combo build. What's that? Is you throw in Eldrazi Monument, mm-hmm. which requires you to sacrifice a creature at the beginning of your upkeep. So you do. Um, so if you have a bunch of tokens, you have Eldrazi Monument out turn 5, turn 6, you play Hamra, and then you, the next turn, if Hamra didn't, like, get exiled, or Eldrazi Monument, you could sacrifice Hamra to Eldrazi Monument, and all your creatures get plus 4, plus 4, indestructible, and flying with fire breathing. 
Now that's not something you see normally in a red deck as super super anthem. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Jeez. <laughs> Cause like if you have like a field of one ones, they're all five fives with flying, <laughs> with fire breathing, which means if any of them get through and you have open mana, you can just basically pump it and blow out somebody. And there's, yeah, there's tons of like boost effects for attacking anyway in red. So like you bun you dump a bunch of those in there as well. Like I think you want to have at least like with Eldrazi's monument maybe like probably five or six sources of anthem effects, and then just tons of token uh, creation with draw power. Because I think, like, with the mana curve, I don't think your mana curve goes above 6, really, except for, like, Hamra himself. And I think that's kind of where you go, is you just build a bunch of, like, low-drop token creations. There's a lot of really good, um, like, cost 3 or less cards, creature cards, too. Yeah. Um... There's that vampire with double strike. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, what is that? It's fucking... Uh, Something Mark Blade Master, I think. Oh, it's Markov. Uh, I think it's Markov Blade Master, I think it is. I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's, isn't she like a 1-3-2, I think? I don't remember. Um, let me look it up real quick. Double, and I type vampire. Oh, you know which one I also thought of? That's really annoying. What? Is that relic robber? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's, it's like you smack them and you make them take tokens? Yeah. Too bad the tokens aren't on your side. They're on theirs, but... That's okay. Well, the token... I mean, you don't really want the token. Because at no, the beginning you of don't. your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. Um... I think you do a bunch of those like spells that create tokens. I think is kind of where you want to go too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a number of like two drop spells that create two tokens in red. And I think if you do it that way, like you could really get some good value. Yeah. I think this would be a pretty solid deck. For sure. Um, I think that's it for me. Uh, what do you have for number three? I don't think there's much else we can touch on on that. That isn't just uh, like, you know, just insert bunch of tokens nonsense. <laughs> Mine is a little bland, but I really like him. Uh, I had Tuk Tuk the Explorer. And he's a two colorless, one red, one one goblin with haste. Whenever Tuk Tuk dies, create 
Tuk Tuk the Returned, a legendary 5-5 colorless goblin golem artifact creature token. So you're playing basically like a red Tron deck? Yeah, you could go that route. Since you're making, you want to kill him and then just basically make a bunch of like artifacts to recursion. Yeah. With like. No. Oh yeah. Huh? No, the. So the token is legendary, so that's the one issue there. Well, I mean, you could always uh, helm of the host it. Then it's not legendary. Or mirror gallery. Yeah. True. And then uh, just basically make a bunch of, like, tokens. Because when he dies, right? Yep. Yeah. And... And you could go yeah, goblins, too. Yeah, do some, like, goblin Trani build. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit tricky to do because like there's a lot of good goblins, but like some of them synergize like goblin welder work really well with artifacts, but like some of the other goblins just don't work that well. But like you could easily do a goblin trani build, just don't go too hard into goblins because that's where you kind of get off topic and you can really lose yourself. I found myself doing that when I built a goblin deck was I kind of went too hard in one side than the other. I went, oh, you have Goblin Tribal, but uh, I also have good artifacts, but what's this deck doing? I don't know anymore. There was too much going on, and it didn't seem to synergize very well, so you just kind of got to be careful about that, I think, when you're building this, is don't get too too off-topic. Yeah. So. But I think it would be a fun deck, for sure, to build. It's just kind of straightforward, but kind of fun. Just get a big dumb creature out early game. Yeah. And it's it's pretty easy to do, because all you have to do is, like, I don't know, sacrifice with um, Goblin Bombardment, which is, like, sacrifice a creature, deal one damage to any target. It's a one colorless, one red enchantment. Mm-hmm. So you can just play Goblin Bombardment, play uh, play your commander, and then just sack it and get that the artifact in play. But you like hold priority, so like you do it on the turn before you, so then you can get the token. Anything else you'd like to touch up on that one, or uh, shall we move on? Uh, nope, that more? one's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I want to save the good ones for the next episode, so I'm trying to avoid the other ones. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, Alright, here's another weird one. Um, I picked Varchild, Betrayer of Kajor. Is that one on your list? Nope. Um, so... I think I think it's a she. Yeah, I think um, so. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, she has her CMC is two colorless, one red. Uh, she's a three-three legendary creature, human knight, with some abilities. Um, one, uh, she's got three. Uh, whenever Varchild, betrayer of Kajor, deals combat damage to a player, that player creates that many one-one red survivor creature tokens. Survivors, your opponent's control can't block or attack you or a planeswalker you control. When Varchild leaves the battlefield, gain control of all survivors. God, that's kind of nasty. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, I give you blockers, but you can't block me with those, but you can block other people with them. And I think you kind of go with like, kind of a, like you could do an anthem effect, like um, Hamra's build. You could just like put her in the command zone and throw Hamra and a bunch of like anthem effects or Voltron it. Because you're creating tokens. And then if anybody removes it, you get all those tokens. Yeah. It's like, uh, huh. It's like you almost have to board wipe when she's dealing combat damage to people. So you probably want to give her like evasion, like a whisper soap cloak, or like flying of some sort. Hecky, even Eldrazi Monument's really good in this build too, because like you hit somebody, like you play her, go a couple turns, get Eldrazi Monument into play, and then you sack her, take all those tokens you just like made from slapping somebody. And now they're all 3-3 flying indestructibles. Yikes. <laughs> like, that's pretty out of control. Mm -hmm. Like, all you have to do is hit two people successfully. That's six tokens. You sack her with Eldrazi Monument. Boom, now you have six 3-3 flyers. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's pretty interesting. Like comparative, like the other like colors, red commanders seem to be going fast. Like red normally does, which I think is kind of a double edged sword. Like going fast is good, but like it's really easy to lose steam after over time with red. And I think that's where you have to watch yourself for. Yeah, it kind of butters out at a certain point. Yeah, it's red's a tricky one to mono build because um, it's it can be that tricky at times. Uh, we're not talking about I don't think we we're talking about partners yet, but um, <laughs> partners there's good red ones, so don't don't worry about that. Um, there's some really good red partners, so you can just partner up with another color and it's fine. But like in mono red instances, it's it can be kind of tricky, especially if you're not running like a cantrip build. It can be kind of hard to get going and keep going. Mm -hmm. So, but I think her, she's Varchild's really powerful. I don't think you ever ignore her. Like you want to get rid of this as soon as it's in play because her just generating that many, like even three tokens, is a threat. Yeah. Because it can get out of control over time very quickly. And even just giving her like something as silly as double strike can even make it even more overpowered. Like uh you mentioned Embercleave would be a nasty thing on Varchild. 
Oh god, yeah. So she she could be really powerful. And I love the art too. Yeah, it's really cool. And then there's um there's the other um there's the other there's another card in red that um that also creates survivor tokens. So that's not the only one either. Mm. If you didn't know that. Is there actually Oh yeah, there is. I was going to um, say is it's there... called uh, Varchild's War Raiders. It's one colorless, one red. Um, Human Warrior 3-4. Kayla, it's got one of those bad keywords I've talked about. Uh-oh, what's that? It's got Trample and Rampage 1. Ooh. Um, and it has a cumulative upkeep. Put a survivor creature token uh, creature token into play under an opponent's control. That would be amazing in this deck. Yeah, you're just you're just making them create free survivor tokens, and it has rampage. So if they try to block this, like if they don't block with just one, they and they block with two, that means it gets plus one, plus uh, it gets plus one plus one for each creature blocking it. Hmm. Like, this thing gets gross really fast. I think that's really the only mentionable thing. That's, like, I think the only thing that makes survivors, I think. Uh... Yeah, it's the only thing that makes survivors in red anyway, and there's no artifacts, so those are the only two cards that make survivors, but like you could even run like uh I don't know, um Maskwood Nexus and turn all your creatures into survivors too, so if anybody tries to like uh I don't know. No, I don't I don't think that's relevant really, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, you could figure like if something you, out with that, maybe. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What if you, uh, what if you Maskwood Nexus, and then you Harmless Offering, which is a red card that you give a permanent to somebody? Oh, you yeah. Gave, you gave Maskwood Nexus to somebody. All their creatures are all creature types, which means they're survivors, which means they can't block you at all with Varchild. <laughs> Yikes. So, they're just gonna get in free damage, and you know they're gonna be coming for you. So that means, like, you don't want to be running changelings against the Varchild deck because that means she's just going to get in for uh, free damage, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a fun build. Commander generates tokens from slapping someone in the face. And then you get and all those tokens. Those in red. Yeah. Huh? And then you get all those tokens. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, like, three alone is pretty big, but, like, if you're boosting her, it's even more. So. And then, like, she leaves and you take all those tokens. Mm-hmm. But there is one drawback I'd have to say about that. And that's, uh, well, if you give the Sacked Crap deck tokens, that's not good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
that's that's probably the player you don't want to attack with this deck and give them tokens. But other than that, I think it's a pretty fun build. You just build her as a Voltron to make a bunch of tokens. So, and you could even run something like Conjurer's Closet if you're worried about someone abusing tokens. And then you just take all the survivors when she leaves, and then she comes back in. Mm. So you're just, like, making an army, basically. Yeah. Alright, uh, so that was my number three, correct? No, no, that was my four. Wow, we're, we're flying through this. <laughs> uh, what do you got for number four? Um, let's see... I'll go with Fumiko, the low blood. Uh, she is a two and two red human samurai. Uh, she's a three two. <coughs> Excuse me. And Fumiko, the low blood, has Bushido X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. And creatures your opponents control attack each combat if able. So you put Kazu, uh, Kazudu in this deck, or you put her in that deck? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, Kayla. This is one of those theme things I think I've started to notice with Red. <laughs> Red wants yeah. to attack and be attacked at all times. Very aggro. For, for those specific effects, but it does seem like some of these commanders are going in a trend, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I actually did have that on my list, but I took it off. <laughs> I love Human Samurai. I really wish we'd get a good multicolor one for Commander that's not Morphon. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Or even give us like a partner one so you can actually just kind of take it wherever. Would be kind of nice too. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish um, the Piper, the shapeshifter one that lets you just pick a color to partner with, was just a changeling, but it's not. God, that would the be prismatic Piper. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Fimiko is hilarious because, like, it's it just checks attacking. Doesn't matter who's attacking. She just gets Bushido X based on that. So if your opponent attacks you with 10 creatures, you block with her, she gets plus 10 Bushido. That can get out of hand really quickly. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I think she's kind of like um, like a Voltron build, but you also want to go wide, too. Like, for Voltron reasons, I think I would throw, like, maybe five equipments in, like Luxon Warhammer, which gives her lifelink and trample. Oh, uh, yeah. Embercleave, of course. But, like, <laughs> you also want tokens because you want the number of attacking creatures to be pretty decent. So, like, maybe some kind of good token generation. Like, you could get Helm of the Host in there, make copies of her, or just have a bunch of big X Bushido things swinging at somebody. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, you could do, like, Captain's Claws that creates tokens on attack trigger. You could do a bunch of, like, like tokens builds like that 
And of course, like maybe get an equipment on her so she has vigilance so she can attack and then be defensive as well. Yeah. Uh, is that kind of what you were thinking about doing the build on? Yeah, definitely a lot of trample and equipment. Just make her giant. <laughs> Get that command damage through. Yeah, and being that it's red doesn't really doesn't really have the most trampoly effects to give the creatures so i think like you have to run some equipment if you want to get the trample through yeah that makes sense with samurai though yeah thematically i think she was really fun i i really did have her on my list but i took her off because mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm always a big fan of samurai cards so Okay. On to huh. the last one. Are we on the last one? I feel like I feel like uh, something's off of it. We didn't. We shared Hazret, right? That's been the only one we shared, right? Yep. I think that makes sense. So I'm looking at the count and the legends I've shared. I still have seven in my thing. Which means mm. I haven't shared two. And I haven't shared one with you, so that means I think I skipped one on accident. I th I don't know where, though. Huh. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, right? So, no, oh, you want to go no, again? Oh, because I, no, I, think, I think I am on five. Like, I've done five, I'm pretty sure, because... I did... Who was the first one I did? It wasn't Hazret, was it? No. It Good was... Enough. Was it Homura? No, Homura was, was my number three. Because I did that one after Hazret. Did I not do number one and we just shared two? Is that what happened? I feel like you shared a, a number one. No, I Maybe? didn't share a number one. Because your number one was Kazadu. Huh. Well, I'll just, I'll just, uh, if I, if I didn't make one, that's fine. I think, I think I can skip one of these. That's, that's okay. It's not a problem. We can I'll go again. You can I'll go just cut one. Oh, it's no problem. It's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Alright. Uh, you know what? I'm going to finish it off with another go-wide strategy in red, which is I think that's weird, because like, isn't going wide like usually a green and white thing more so than like red, you would think? Yeah. I think like going wide and red is more efficient than white. But green, I think, is still better than red, and because it's green, because of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my number five, uh, if I do only have four on here, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know where I 
lost track but i think it might have been my number one was actually a shared one with her and i just skipped it i think is maybe what happened but i'm not worried about it um anyway the one i picked for my fifth for today is um is sorry give me a second um Martin Stormgon. Um, he's a two colorless red and red. If Martin attacks, all other attacking creatures get plus um plus I'm gonna say uh plus one plus one for each uh there's errata. I'm just gonna read the errata because it's a lot it it's a lot better to read than the actual card itself. The actual card is if it attacks other creatures you control, get plus star, plus star until end of turn. Star is the number of other attacking creatures. And it's the same for blocking. Same thing. So he gets star, star for blocking creatures. Um, if he blocks, and if he attacks, he gets star, star for uh, for each attacking creature. So... And the reference here is just it gets plus one, plus one for, until end of turn for each attacking creature other than him, and then plus one, plus one for each blocking creature other than him. So, again, you probably want to get some equipment in here, give him Vigilance and Trample for sure, but also you want a big, wide token build. Uh, my goodness, it's just basically like the last deck we just talked about. <laughs> um, he's also a Human Knight legendary creature, and a 1-1. One, one. I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, Out of everything four. about this, him being a base 1-1 one, one for 4 mana is really rough. And also no haste. I mean, his effects are really nasty. Like, If you have haste in play, of course you're like trying to run fervor and stuff so you can get him in and going with a sizable force, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, Hanawar Garrison is a pretty big card you'd run in here, because that makes you attacking human tokens when you attack. And that can go in the other deck as well. But I think it's basically what we said about the last one, basically, you just put into this deck, too. Yeah, these even are probably all really similar. Her. Yeah, it's, it's probably a very similar build, because it's like, you want to give him Trample and Vigilance, so he can attack and block so it's like kind of like go wide strategy but also making sure he's big but i think this one's more go wide than the other one mm-hmm. um you know uh, a notable artifact that you probably want in both is a chroma's memorial oh yeah that's just um, a I great card that- anyways <laughs> Because that gives everything vigilance. Um, the only downside is it does give your creatures um, pro red and black, which means your red stuff can't target your things, which can be tricky, but I guess you're doing anthem builds anyway, so it doesn't matter. Those will still affect. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, Chroma's Memorial is seven colorless. Creatures you control have flying, first strike, vigilant, trample, haste, protection from black and red. So, I mean, it doesn't save you from blue, it doesn't save you from green, it doesn't save you from white. 
But I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good card that you can play. So I think that's where I'm going to leave off for today of my number five. What about you? What's your number five? Um, I'll go with uh, Ilharg Thoraisbor. The three colorless, two red, six six boar god. Dot trample. Whenever it attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand on the onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Return that creature to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. And whenever it dies or is put into exile from the battlefield, you may put it into its owner's library, third from the top. So, it's surprise, big creature out of nowhere deck. Yep, run a lot of dragons. Uh, probably Eldrazi too. Yeah. Because it does not specify red or artifact. Um, you could also run Blightsteel and slap somebody in the face out of nowhere and kill them. But they have no blocks up. That's awful. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't I think this is one of those decks you gotta watch out for because you don't know what they have in hand unless you've been looking at their hand. Yeah. Like, with card effects. Not cheating. If you do that, sl shame on you. Shame on you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes when your opponent's just, like, nonchalantly having their hand fanned out, it's hard not to look. But try not to. <laughs> Um, but, uh, this is definitely one of those decks where it's just, like, bouncing, coming in, going out. So you get those, um, there's a bunch of red enchantments that deal damage when every creature enters or leaves play. So you just run a bunch of those, Warstorm Surge, where the ancient, uh, trend, um, uh, Outpost Siege. And I think you kind of just keep going. With mm -hmm. that, just just keep burning people. Terror of the Peaks. Ugh. God, yeah, get Terror of the Peaks out, and then like actually play that one. So when you do the Boar's ability, you're just really hurting people. Yeah, and then if you also have like Warstorm Surge, which is also just a redundant effect as well, because it does the exact same thing, but it's an enchantment form. Mm-hmm. Except it costs like one one more mana. It's five colors in a red, I believe. And you just like roast people, basically. <laughs> but I think like if you have this in the command zone, people are gonna probably kill Ilharg before it gets to your next turn, so you're probably trying to get some sort of haste going so you can swing the turn it goes out. Yeah. Kind of like the same idea of, like, if you play Atali, you want it to have haste, too. Because <laughs> it's going to get killed out if you wait a whole turn cycle. And there's enough red things that give haste that there's no reason not to have haste in the deck. Yeah. Especially when it's a commander that you know is going to get hated out really quickly. But it's a really good build. And I don't know, how many big, dumb dragons are there in Magic, Kayla? Uh, at least 5,000. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what's an interesting thing? Um is Siege Dragon, because you know, Changeling decks, um, they're not common, but they are around. If you Siege Dragon into play, if somebody has Changelings, all their Changelings die. Because see, uh, Siege Dragon comes in, destroys all walls. Which means all their Changelings die because they're all walls. Oh yeah, that's just mean. <laughs> kind of stops people like a little bit if they're doing that like all creature type thing they're trying to do a theme with that it's a bit rough to do to somebody but i mean it's it's an effective strategy and speed dragon so i can seven cost dragon i believe five mm -hmm. colors double red i believe uh double checking because i don't want to misquote Uh, oh, Siege Dragon. Where is my Siege Dragon? Uh, yeah, it's five colorless and double red. I was correct. It's seven mana. Five, five flying. When it enters battlefield, destroy all walls your opponents control. So it doesn't even destroy walls if you have them. It just destroys your opponents. Mm -hmm. and then if it attacks, defending player controls no walls it deals two damage to each creature without flying that player controls so i mean you don't get the attack trigger from ilharg because it's tapped in attacking which means it's not declared as an attacker so it doesn't get that attack trigger but that's some crazy things what's another big crazy like big drop dragon kayla you could play um, there's that dragon that makes tokens. Lathless, I think. Lathless makes it whenever a dragon enters. That could be interesting. Um, there's also Utava Hellkite that makes tokens whenever your dragon deals combat damage. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you just bring in a bunch of dragons, dragons to appease the boar god. So I think that's a pretty good build. It's just flicker in and out. Yeah. Kind of effect, bounce it back to your hand. Go back, go back into swings. And then, like, Ilharg, like, do you ever put it in the command zone when exiling it or killing it doesn't, like, do anything? Like, I think the only time you don't, you, you do put it in the command zone is if someone tries to shuffle it into your library. Yeah, which isn't going to happen too often. Yeah, because I think, like, putting it third from the top isn't bad. Because then... Because I think you're also running like some sort of draw effects in your deck, like some discard, like you know, faithless looting, um, thrill possibilities, just so you can draw fast and get good things going. Mm -hmm. But you also keep those kind of draw effects around in case your commander dies, and then you can just draw it right back in, like a cathartic yeah. um, reunion. I think it's called yeah. Uh, it's one color, one red. Discard two cards and then draw three. Like you put Ilharg 
uh, I think, third from the top right. And then you just draw it right back to your hand if it gets exiled or dies, if you have Catharic um, Reunion. And that's at Sorcery, though, so it's a little slower, but, you know, it's still a way to get your commander back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you do it that way, then you don't have to really worry about commander tax, but you are slowing your deck game down a bit. So, are we seeing a red trend? I think we're seeing some sort of a red trend here. I think we saw a going wide strategy and attacking strategy, for sure. Like, I think compared to, like, white, blue, and black, um, it seems like red's a very aggressive color, which is totally thematic towards red. Yeah. These commanders even feel like you want to be attacking. Even <laughs> Kazul, who's, like, more of a passive red, also is going to end up attacking at some point with his big army of ogres. Red so I think very attack-heavy. <laughs> it's very aggressive. Um, which is probably aggressive to a fault because being overly aggressive in commander can really put a target on you because you've been attacking somebody for how many times in in this game? Mm -hmm. uh, that player's probably not happy with you, which means they're going to do their use their resources to probably eliminate you as fast as possible because you're killing them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. I would think that if you play a red, you got to be careful to attack when it's appropriate. Like, or just yeah, go all oh, out. <laughs> you don't have any blockers, I'm attacking you. Like, that's okay, because, like, you know, you're punishing someone for not having blocks. And you need to with most of these decks, it sounds like. You could just be the player that just goes all out. And yeah, you're putting a target on you, but your goal is not necessarily to win. It's just cause chaos. Yeah, and it's interesting because like we didn't talk about like any of the. I don't think we even mentioned like any of the chaos commanders, did we? No. I don't think there is a like mono red chaos commander really. That's kind of weird. Like um. We'll have to see what we get in the next in the next legends to make honorable mentions because I think um, there's probably some red legends we didn't talk about. I'm sure. Yeah, but like there are some like trending themes like EBTs going wide, Voltron build, attack. <laughs> you know. It's really mm -hmm. interesting to me that red has a really big, like, going wide strategy, though. It's like, it wants a lot of bodies in play to keep attacking. It's like, it wants you to overwhelm your opponent. So, I think, um, I think that will do it for us today. Hello? Oh, did you DC? Yeah, um, with the Chaos Commanders, like, maybe we'll see them in the next um, time we revisit this next week. Yeah. So. Um, but that's part one for today of um, 
A friction burn, part one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this has been Chris. And this is Kayla. And we are... Made, made in, in EDH. EDH. <laughs> Well, uh, if we were in that sync, in that'd be awkward. <laughs> I'm glad we made that not in sync. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, okay. Well, have a good rest of your day. Bye.